in your heart, and thank you, worship team, for leading us in this moment of worship. And we continue to worship even as we hear from the Word of God this morning. And I'm so excited because this is something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, this, this idea of worship. What is it? What can it be? Um, and, and what has God designed for us uh, in relationship to Him and how we can grow in all of those ways? And so we are officially in the third Sunday in Lent. It's this season where we intentionally inventory our time. What are, what are some of the ways that we spend our, our time? And what are some of the ways that we spend our time with God, right? What does our commitment to God look like? Can we create space, right? Can we create margin in our lives in order to grow our relationship and our commitment to God? And so how do we do that? And that's why we're talking about throughout this series of, of letting go and going deeper. We're talking about spiritual disciplines. There's a letting go because we're trying to create space. There's some things in our lives that, that we put above God. And so what are some of those things that we can let go of just so that we can put God uh, as the main priority in our lives. So we create space in order to go deeper, right? What are some spiritual disciplines? How can we grow spiritually in our relationship with God? And so this morning, we're going to be looking at um, the, the spiritual discipline of worship. And, and I really believe, I mean, I feel like all spiritual disciplines are pretty important, um, but, but worship is so crucial Right? And when we think about what we're doing on, on Sunday mornings, what we do here, right? we punctuate our weeks by coming together for a gathered worship experience so that we can then scatter into, into the world and bring what God has given us in this time that we share together to the people in our lives, whether it's in our work life or in our home lives. right? So we, we come to, to gather and then we are scattered to hopefully have experienced God and, and to help bring God to, to be a real expression of God's love in people's lives around us. And in order for that to happen, we, we have to be able to experience God's love for us in order to share it. You hear me often talk about uh, we can't give what we don't have. And so unless we don't have a, an encounter with God or, or experience God's abiding love, I don't think we can fake that for people, Right? Um, I think God grows us in those encounters and in those experiences. And so how do we open ourselves up to experience that here in worship, here on Sunday morning and beyond Sunday morning, right? How do we let God fill us? How do we allow God to fill us, use us, and sustain us in our walks of faith? And then so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to witness an awesome expression of the heart of worship as it's expressed through uh, one of the psalms uh, in, in our passage this morning. And so if you want to follow along, you can. The, the psalm is in the Old Testament. Oops, we got some overlap going. I apologize for that. But uh, the Old Testament, uh, first part, first half of the Bible, and then psalms is a large book. Um, and it's located just after Job and before Proverbs. So if you want to dig into your physical Bibles and follow along, or you can follow along on your smartphones uh, or on the screens, all those, all those ways are appropriate. But we're going to read this psalm um, and hear what it has to say about the heart of worship. Let's read this together. It says, God, my God, it's you. I, I search for you. My whole being thirsts for you. My body desires you in a dry and tired land. 
where there's no water anywhere. Yes, I, I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've seen your power and glory. My lips praise you because your faithful love is better than life itself. So I will bless you as long as I'm alive. I will lift up my hands in your name. I'm fully satisfied. As with a rich dinner, my my mouth speaks praise with joy on my lips. Whenever I ponder you on my bed, whenever I meditate on you in the middle of the night, because you've been able to help me and I shout for joy in the protection of your wings, my whole being clings to you. Your strong hand upholds me. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, thanks be to God. And so what we're going to do this morning quickly, hopefully, uh, is look at this psalm in its, in its entirety, right? Because there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things, a lot of claims that the, the author of this psalm is making. But I think it's really helpful to give us a, a, a good cross-section of different aspects of worship and what worship can be so that it can be a more holistic expression for us right maybe we what i'm about to identify just in this one passage about worship maybe we do one or two of those things really well but maybe there's some new things that we'll learn together that can help us enter into and engage in worship in a much more complete way and so as we go through these aspects try focusing uh and maybe even say you know what i'm going to try to develop this this one aspect of worship throughout the rest of the lenten series and see what happens see how you grow um so we're looking at this psalm and first what we see there's five things there's desire there's remembrance there's response continuity and expectation um and we're gonna go through those um uh, in just a minute but i just want us to see the whole psalm in its entirety, but also walk through. So we see this in verse 1, right? There's a desire. God, my God, I search for you. There's a, a willingness to seek after God, right? And then it shifts into remembrance. I, I've seen you in the sanctuary. I, this happened before, right? And, and when I was in your sanctuary, I witnessed your power and your glory. I remember And essentially what the psalmist is saying is, I've encountered your loving presence before. And then there's a response, right? In verse 3, my lips praise you because your faithful love is better than life itself. Right? There's that response. Then there's a shift into continuity, which is pretty remarkable in and of itself. If we look at verses 4 through 7, he says this. He says, so I will bless you as long as I'm alive. For the rest of his life, throughout all of his life, I will lift up my hands in your name whenever I ponder you on my bed, whenever I meditate on you in the middle of the night, right? He wants, he has this desire and this response and this remembrance of what God has been doing in his life and, and he wants to continue that relationship beyond just any one moment or experience, right? He's talking so much more than, than just one hour on a Sunday morning, right, for us. But it's about his whole life, every day, all day, for the rest of his life. And then we kind of see subtly at the end of the, the passage in verse 8, there's expectancy, right? My whole being clings to you because your strong hand upholds me. It, it, it upheld me before and maybe it's upholding me now 
but it will continue to uphold me in the future. I expect this to happen because, God, you are faithful to your promises, to who you are and who you say you are and how you love me. You will not withhold your love from me, so I expect God to show up in my life. And so that's what I want us to just to simply focus on this morning. I'm going to give us some time to think about each of these aspects. And, and intentionally, we've created some time in our service to help you have this kind of framework, this, this mindset, it, again, to kind of focus and develop any one of these areas in your life. So when we think about desire, right, do we desire God, right? That's a big kind of fundamental question for all of us. Do we desire God? Where do we search for God? You know, maybe we're, we're prone to search for God in this aspect of life or, or in this circumstance, but maybe we haven't considered searching for God in, in this relationship or in this circumstance. You know, often I, something that's newer for me as a parent is, is searching for God in the relationship that I have with my children, right? I have young children, and I want to begin to cultivate that now so that we can be much more richer and deeper in the years to come. So where do we search for God? Where do we long for God to just show up in our lives? A lot of these questions are similar, but it's this earnest desire to know God more deeply, not just in one aspect of our life, but in all of our lives. God, how can I get to know you more fully? And we can ask ourselves, are we prioritizing God? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Are we making God a priority in our lives? Is there a passion, a deep desire, or a hunger for more of God's presence in our lives? So that's a, that's a pretty big aspect of worship, right? It's, it's a posture. It's, it's this uh, beginning, so to speak, of, of how we build our relationship with God. Do I desire God in my life? And then the second part is remembrance. Hopefully for those of us that that have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that there's this idea, I've, I've had an encounter with God's presence. And so much so, it became real to me, right? It, it moved me, it broke me, it, it overwhelmed me. It gave me peace. It, it gave me comfort, assurance. Something happened where God showed up and I knew it was God. It wasn't anything of, of my own doing. But somehow God showed up in my life and I experienced this movement, this, this transformation, this experience. And so maybe whatever difficulty you're facing in your life today, our encouragement for you is, is to see these difficulties, to see these circumstances as an opportunity, right? This is an opportunity to do more of our life with God. Not apart from God, with God. God wants to be a part of the good things in your life and even the struggles of our life, right? God wants to be a part of all of our lives. It doesn't make sense. God desires broken people just to turn toward him and, and build a relationship with him and, and follow him faithfully, right? And so the opportunity that you have perhaps in this new circumstance is an opportunity to remember God's faithfulness in, in a previous point or a previous season of your life. And, and when you remember that, how is that remembrance going to shape your expectation of God today and in the future? How will it shape my expectation of my current circumstances? How will it shape how and when 
I will worship God. How and when I will worship God. Another idea to think about is, how can I begin to sharpen my awareness of God's presence, right? And, and all these different kind of spiritual disciplines that we've been covering over the last couple of weeks, right? Solitude, a way of quieting my mind, not just to the anxieties of, of, of daily living, but, but to the voice of God. So I can hear God and I can respond to God. How can I sharpen my awareness of God's presence? And maybe for some of us, we have certain images or expectations of, of God. Maybe they're even unhealthy or, or we just can go deeper in a more positive image too. So what images of God do I have as I approach worship? Whether it's together in our gathered worship or when it's in our daily lives throughout the week. How does this influence our posture in worship? Right? And, and a lot of what we talk about is in, is in response to what God is doing in our lives, right? We say, whoa, that was God. That, what just happened is God. And, and it is undeniably God. And, and I want to give God thanks. I, I want to give up a hallelujah. I want to I praise God. I want to verbalize what I've just experienced, right? And so for us, it's like, God, I, I just need to praise you. I need to give voice to my gratitude, to the wonders of your power and glory, right? The, the psalmist was talking about, I, I have entered your sanctuary. I have seen your power and glory. When have we seen those moments in our lives? And so we have this desire, this, this response, this need to verbalize and proclaim, God, your steadfast love, your goodness that I have experienced for myself. And I pray I will continue to experience, and I hope to experience, today and tomorrow, right? This idea of responding to God in praise. And then we can even hopefully grow into this continuity, right? This is about worship as a way of life, not just a singular event that we show up to on Sunday mornings, but worship as a way of life. It's a total expression of God's love, not just in one hour, but each day, all day, for the rest of our lives, right? We want to commune with God and build that relationship. And so worship, it doesn't begin and end here on Sundays. Maybe if you're, if you're newer or you're growing, maybe it does, and that's okay. But, but beyond that, this should be just a, a foretaste of what God is going to reveal to you, what you're going to experience with God throughout the way that you live your life each and every day during the course of the week, right? And then we get to come back together and, and worship God and respond, right, to what God has been doing in our lives. I thought of this kind of silly idea, right? Worship doesn't begin and end here on Sunday, and it also matters how you spend your time here, right? This is the silly idea. Just because I show up at a gym doesn't mean I get fit, right? I wish it would be that way, right? It'd make things a whole lot easier. But the, but the idea is that we would have to engage in exercise in order to benefit, to receive the benefit of, of being healthy, of being fit, right? It, it's same is true here in worship, Right? We have to be willing to participate. We have to be willing to engage as best as we know how in order to engage and encounter and receive from God. 
Does that make sense? God does not want a passive relationship with you. God wants an active relationship with you. And it begins with a heart of, of worship. And so what we want you to do, and this, this is unending, right? This, this opportunity is always before you, and we can always be better about communicating this, but explore and experiment with what that looks like, right? There's freedom in this space. This is a safe place to explore what mode or form or expression of worship is genuine and authentic for you, right? You might be a little, a little devilish and like open up your hands, right? Ooh, I'm being so bad right now. It feels so good. Um, but seriously, uh, uh, there's more to our posture and worship than I think we even realize. <clears throat> and I'll touch on that in just a little bit. But above all else, there is, there is freedom here to respond to God in such a way that is real and authentic. And maybe that begins to unlock or open up some other ideas of how you can respond to God in your daily life. And what does that look like? And how does that become real for me? And so how we spend our time worshiping here, it matters. It affects how we will worship throughout the rest of the week. And how we worship throughout the rest of the week affects how we worship here together as a gathered body. Each begins to build the other into this continuous posture and expression of worshiping our awesome living God. Does that make sense? It has this building effect. And so we have all these things going for us, right? We have desire, we have remembrance, we have response, and, and maybe building some continuity. And then I think it helps build us some expectations, right? We have an expectancy. Expectancy. How am I saying that wrong? Expectancy, yeah. I, don't, I was throwing in another uh, syllable, I guess. But there's this expectancy that, that happens that what we, what we hoped and what we desired is, is happening. And God's showing up and, and my life doesn't look like the, the way I like it, but God's still with me. And, and God, I, I begin to expect that, that God is who God says he is. And I begin to, to proclaim things and, and, and name things about who God is and what God can, has done for me and what God can do for other people there's this expectancy. Why are you here? Why are you here this morning? I think it's a great question. What do you expect to happen? What do you expect to happen as we worship together? What do you expect to happen between you and your relationship with God? Do you expect to encounter God's presence here today? If I'm being totally honest, sometimes no, right? I, I have just been through the ringer this week. And, and it's just been enough for me just to get up in the morning and to drive here and to show up. Praise God. How can, how can you create that much more room? And maybe by the end of the worship experience, you are able to, to see God, you are able to expect and say, I, you know what, God, I have been recharged. I've been filled because I've, I've been obedient and faithful to, to showing up and worshiping you even in the midst of all that's going on. Man, I think, I think God honors that more than, than when we praise God in the, in the good times, right? When we're able to worship God in the, the worst, the, the most difficult times, how much faith does that take, right? 
We expect God to show up in any and all circumstances of our life. We expect God to show up here as we gather to worship, and we expect God to show up as we worship in our daily life. And so instead of just showing up to church, we want you to have a, 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 an expectation that something here is going to happen as we enter into God's presence. There's a receiving, but there's also a sharing. I don't know if you, you've noticed this, and I've even experienced it here this morning, but when you've been able to practice and, and worship God and witness God's presence throughout the week, doesn't it change your response and your engagement to worship that coming Sunday, right? There, there, there's an opportunity to, to come together and, and worship God in this most real, authentic way. And what happens is that your response to God, it comes through and, and it encourages each and every one of us in our corporate worship, right? We feed off that energy, so to speak. We, we feed off each other's hallelujahs the posture we have in worship, and we need that corporate worship, that gathered worship, and we also need our individual worship. Those things continue to build off of each other. And we want there to be energy and excitement, right? Every Sunday. But we cannot manufacture that, right? Nicole and I, we, we put a lot of prayer and a lot of preparation. But it, it's to create room for you, each of you, to engage in worship with God. This, this isn't a performance, right? You are participants in this gathered worship experience. You are sharing and you're also leading each other because of what God has done, what God is doing and what God will do in your lives. So the question for you is, are you a spectator? And sometimes we need to spectate for a while. But God doesn't want you to be a spectator for the rest of your life. God wants you to be a participant. Are you a spectator or are you a participant? Do you expect something to happen in this hour that we share? How can you be a, a way of helping others engage more fully with God? And do you expect God to show up? Now, what I don't want this to be is, is me trying to... to uh, force any one way or response about how to worship, right? This isn't about how to worship, but rather that there are opportunities to more fully engage with God. And again, we, wanna, we want there to be a freedom of expression that is real, genuine, and authentic, but it requires your full attention and your full participation, right? It reminded me of, I don't how many of you watch The Voice? Anybody watch The Voice? Natalie and I like to catch the highlights, right, on YouTube um, and things like that. And, and one of the, the more recent seasons, one of my favorite coaches is, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Hudson. She's one of my favorite coaches because of how she responds to great performances, right? If some of you have watched this, you know what I'm talking about. But she, she will be so moved that she will yell at the, the, the uh, participant, right? She'll say, you better sing as an encouragement. You better keep on singing the way you're singing because what you're doing is awesome and wonderful. And sometimes she gets so inspired that, that she will take off her shoe, right? And she will throw it because she is just so excited about what is happening in her mind. That's her genuine, authentic response 
to what is happening. And she, that's her way of saying, hey, this is really good. Y'all need to pay attention to this. I'm affirming what is happening, right? And there's other coaches, and they're either clapping or cheering. They have kind of their own way of responding, right? And it looks a little bit different. And some just have like a really like pensive like nod or, you know, like least expressive form of affirmation. But they're, they're, they're engaged with what's happening and they're affirming what's going on. And, and they're saying, yes, what is happening in, in front of me is it's true. And, and yeah, in fact, it's, it's actually really, really good. And it made me think of a, of a chapel experience that I had uh, earlier this week. I had the, the privilege to, to go and be invited to Candler School of Theology, where I, I got my seminary degree, but uh, was asked to help encourage current students um, how they might be discerning their call to ministry, right? I, I'm just coming out of, of some of that, and so it was just wonderful to be uh, part of that experience and getting to encourage them, but we also got to be a part of the chapel experience, and uh, I love chapel. I miss it a lot. It's just a different place, different atmosphere, but the, the, the group that was presiding, the woman that was presiding, her name was Bishop Mildred B. Hines of the South Atlantic uh, District of the AME Zion Church, right? And so the, the congregation, right, us sitting in chapel, right, when she said something true about God, you know, they didn't say, you better sing. They said, you better preach, right? They, they were responding to what was happening in their midst in a real and genuine and authentic way. You know, sometimes I hear from you guys an amen or a, or a hallelujah, but it, it's this way of, of engaging in the worship experience, right? They didn't take off their shoes and throw it at her, right? But what they did do is that some of them began to stand up. Some of them began to point and lift up a hand because it was as if they could point to the truth that was being spoken in front of them. The truth was standing right there in front of them. They could see it. They could name it. And they encouraged it. They affirmed what was happening, right? And that was their genuine response and affirmation of what was being done and what was being said. They recognized the truth when they heard it. And it resulted in an audible response or a change in posture, right? And what helped me was that when, I, when this began to happen, I began to want to be more, that much more engaged, right? It became this living thing that I can engage in, that I can be a part of. And I, I only mi mention this is, is because I, I don't share these stories just to say that our responses to God, of what's happening, what is true, what we want to affirm, that it should look a certain way. But it should move us. We, we should be able to respond to what God is doing if we expect God to be here and expect God to show up. But because people were willing to engage and people were willing to, to lead me, it opened me up and freed me to engage that much more with what was going on. And that's what we do when we gather together in worship and, and we begin to express ourselves in real, genuine, authentic ways with, with a raise of a hand or, or just an intentional posture, right? It, it can help each of us learn to be more fully present. It can help each of us engage in worship. 
I want to end on this where posture really matters, right? In case you didn't know, apparently it really does. Posture matters. There's a study about the power pose from a, a Harvard Business School professor called Amy Cuddy. Right? And, and her research showed that, that striking a power pose can be more effective than any sort of typical kind of confidence-boosting talk-up, right? We, we've seen some of those. Maybe we've done some of those, right? I'm going to talk myself up so that I can believe this about myself. Apparently, her research says that power poses, especially an open power pose, can help increase one's confidence, right? Your posture matters because it has a, a physiological connection to how we feel and maybe even how we express ourselves. And so she says, if you take up a lot of space, right, and you hold up your hands and legs away from your body and you do this for a couple of minutes, it's going to increase your confidence. You feel bigger. You feel more powerful, right? It's why they're those superhero poses. They're these power stances because they help us feel more powerful, right? And so now if you guys, some of the guys that are going to catch me in the bathroom before service just being like this, right? Going to gain some confidence, going to gain some, some power, some encouragement. But really what it is, is that there is some truth to that. And I think it's true in, in the ways that we worship, right? What, if I want to receive something from someone, what posture do I have? Can you show me? What gesture do I make? This? Not this, right? I don't want to receive anything from you if I'm doing this, right? There's nothing wrong. I have, I have a relaxed posture where that feels comfortable to me. But what I'm saying is that what would happen if we had a posture of just open, openness? Maybe, maybe I expect God to show up and, and maybe I expect God to give me something, that I can receive something from God. And, and maybe just my posture can help me that much more be willing to receive what God wants to give me, right? And I was making a joke about myself with Nicole as we were talking about this Sunday and things and, and how you can like measure like the engagement of Pastor Tyler, right? Because this, this usually is my, my posture. If, if anyone pays attention, I, I usually have a pretty open posture. And then sometimes you'll see the arms go this way, right? And then, and then the full extension, right? And then it, it, it's really coming when the hands come over, right? That's like, those are the marks. Those are the tears of like how engaged I am. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I think there is some truth to how we respond to God and what's possible, right? And so it might seem silly. You might feel silly, but just try it. There's no harm. There's freedom. There's freedom here to try it because I want you guys to see that, that there are these different aspects of worship that maybe we could consider, that maybe we can try to help us be that much more engaged, that can help us all share and experience this together, to grow together in our worship together. So that's the encouragement. As we continue to worship together, let's, let's find whatever posture uh, feels open for us. And you can even be sitting with your hands open on your lap, anything like that. And maybe you say, you know what, I, I kind of want to lift one hand or, you know, or whatever, like, go for it. Yay, God, let's do it. So let's pray. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we, we desire, God, to, to worship you more deeply. God, that, that you will be here, God. And that we want to search for you in all aspects of our life. God, we, we want to respond, God, to what you're doing in our lives. 
what you have done. And God, we want to remember. God, your faithfulness. And God, we want to have some continuity. God, we don't want to just, just do this once, once and be done with it. But God, we want to actively find ways where we can continue to engage in you in a daily way. God, how can, how can this outlive just the hour that we share together? God, to become something that we live and breathe day to day, that we live out with our whole bodies. God, and that we expect that when we submit to you, that when we follow you, that when we worship you with all of our mind, body, strength, and soul, God, you will honor that. You will receive that. God, and you will continue to pour yourself upon us. And God, that gives us an opportunity to share what we have been given with other people in our lives. So God, we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.